Hello, welcome and thank you. Welcome to Expansion Pack, episode 50, our exclusive Patreon show that we do every month. And it's the Woo! big, we made it to the big 5-0 finally on here. It's exciting, right? Wow. I don't, I don't know how many years that counts for how many months we've, whatever. Uh, do the math yeah. somehow. I remember when we, how long ago it feels that we did the 50th episode of the podcast and that felt so... Well, we do that every week. <laughs> we do that every week, which is, there's uh, like, what, five times, almost more weeks than than days. But right. you know us, you know know our names, because you probably heard the other stuff. But I'm Trey, and here with John and Jeremy. And uh-huh. because this is the big five zero, and we just had a big, and not to be confused with the, the big five zero. there's no cops here. Nobody's coming after you. Unless you stole this podcast, <laughs> then we're coming after you. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Get that five. You wouldn't download a podcast. <laughs> get that dollar from you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, yes, I do it all the time on my podcast app. Now, since it's the big 50, 50th episode and there's a big Zelda game that just came out, I felt like we need to do our official Nintendo main Zelda ranking episode. So we're going to do it the way that we did the console one. We'll basically go by the world's popularity of list, what their favorite Zelda games are, by which ones have sold the most. So... Instead of going like, you know, these are my, this is my list, this is my list, this is my list. We'll just go down the list of like, you know, the, the least the least sold Zelda games to the highest sold ones. And we'll say where they are in our ranking. And then we'll tally what, them uh, up at the end. What records are you using for the sales data? Is it? I got it from Wikipedia. Okay. And I looked, some of them I looked, I had to look a little bit extra because some of them are combined, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so some of them are, com- so like I did, I did a little math in there. So it might be not completely accurate i don't know it's good it was good enough for me in my list because like uh like let's say like because i separated link's awakening the game boy game versus link's awakening the remake just because they're very different in style and all that and i thought they should be separate but if you go to wikipedia and look at the sales of zelda games it has the link's awakening sales and the remake sales put together as one number so then i went and looked at what the sales for the remake was and then took that out of what the number was you know like that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay, is kind of is kind of what I did, and I went. I basically did, you know, the just like the the Zelda single player ones. You know, no, like none of that Wanda Gamelon or any shit like that. <laughs> you know, just like regular what I consider to be like the regular mainline Zelda stuff. So we don't have like Four Swords Adventures Wait, or Triforce Heroes. Tingles or Rosie like Rupee Land's not in there. It's single player. Uh, Jeremy's LCD watch is that in there? Should be. Link's Crossbow Training is actually at the top of my list, so I had to cut it out. Just, just to make it fair oh, for everything. Okay. Yeah, else. this is our list my, minus crossbow training because that one is one, obviously like when, the the greatest um, one oh, of all easy. time. I actually own two copies of it. It's so good. It's definitely the one to beat the quickest, and I think that means great in my mind. That's that's what I uh, considered for this list was which one is the quickest to beat. Uh, that makes it number one. No, um, <laughs> yeah. So I made a list. I put it on the. I put it on the thing. I don't know if you looked at it, but I I, I, I laid them all out. Well, yeah, that list helped me make my list. And then I re- and I redid it on my phone like for the order, so I know where to go. And just like the console one that we did, the numbers will surprise you. Always. The sales numbers are never what you think exactly. You know, it's always kind of like, oh, that's number too six low or too high or whatever. So, but I'm ready to start whenever you are. Ready. So you're going to start with the lowest selling Zelda I'm going to start with the lowest selling Zelda game. I, I'm what actually, is the lowest selling Zelda game? Let's I want to hear. I want to hear. The lowest selling Zelda game is... The Minish Cap on Game Boy Advance. That is oh, a, that's that is so our, appropriate. It's the smallest. That is our first uh, Legend of Zelda one, right? I, I would think that... I thought the Game Boy Advance was pretty popular. I thought that it... It was sold, a little long in the tooth you know. when this came out, though. Wasn't the DS already out when Minish Cap came out? I don't know. 
I mean, that would take some extra detective work. That, I think Menace Cat came do. out in. I think it was like oh five or so. Because they had because like they they re released uh, the remake of or not well, the two thousand four. Re- they re released a link oh. to the past and like four swords before that. So that was like the first Game Boy Advance Zelda thing that we had. So yeah, it would be. I would think maybe it's more towards the end. But either way, since January tenth, two thousand five. So, so it did. So it did come out after. So that. it did come out yes. after the DS came out. Yeah. Wow, the DS. No, I think that I I really think that might have had something to do with the sales. Probably because people probably didn't want to play it because it, it was old. Yeah, I mean, I didn't stop me from that, getting it. Those are the the sentiments of the time about everything. I thought, yeah, everything had to be cutting edge and new. Yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess because I did. I think I got it. I mean, it came out around Christmas, and I got it for Christmas. The DS. So yeah, two thousand four. But I still managed to get the Minish Cap somehow. So I, I do. I do remember having it. And I gave it away to one of my nieces for Christmas one year because I didn't have any money. And that's what actually never got it on the Game Boy. That. First time that I played it was on the on the 3DS yeah. on the Ambassador program. And and I understand some of these. There might be someone here that you haven't played or they haven't played all the way through. Um, that's you know to your best judgment or wherever you put it. There there are there may be there's maybe one or two that I never finished that I put towards the end of my list just because I didn't finish it. You know stuff like yeah, that. yeah. There's a couple that I didn't play at all, so I didn't rank those at all. So what to, so what would it? But it would have to. You would have to put it somewhere because it otherwise it would get no score from you at all, and that's kind of unfair. It gets no to the score game. for me because I don't I don't have an impression of it if I haven't played it. I know, but then it'll kind of fuck up the the system here. <laughs> <laughs> it needs everything needs to have a number so we can so we can add them all up. Oh, so you didn't even play it on the uh, expansion pack? What are you talking about? I, I I played Minish Cap. Well, I'm talking about other Zelda games that that maybe oh, some of us haven't played. No, John just I, said I, that you I, played I, it I on played the, Minish Cap. on the Ambassador program for for, th- oh, right, for right, the right. DS. All right, so Minish Cap, where's uh? Oh my God! So uh, let me rant for a second. What the fuck is up with the numbers on the on the Apple Notes app? Like, why did why do they have to suck always? Because you can't rearrange them. Yeah, it'll automatically be number. No, so. it, it it. I was just trying to make two lists on one number, and it just kept going up and up. So my number one Zelda game is number twenty three because I can't fucking change it at all, and and, and unless I completely start a new note, it's so fucking annoying. I hate it so much. It does it does it all the time when I try to make lists like as notes. It'll always fuck up the numbers. And it, and it, and it won't let you change them. Like you can't edit them. It's so fucking stupid. So I need to figure out where it's at on my list. <laughs> Hold on for a second because all the numbers are screwed up on here. Steve Jobs. Yes, yeah, yeah, Steve Jobs, you dead fucker. I mean, those notes were made I think before he died. They need to be updated. Put make it extra stupid. Like make you have to use the Apple pencil or something to do it can make it dumb like your other things all right minish cap is number 11 for me she thought it was a little bit higher where is your ranking for it my ranking is 13 okay it's lower for you and it would be and it would be worse if i hadn't beat it recently let's save states yeah i was gonna say you just you just beat the game so you have a little bit you're a little bit more familiar with it than i am i like you know it's it's about like what like middle it's about mid maybe low mid on my on my list it's, it's I wasn't it's, it's fine. a big fan of it at the time it came out, and I was, you know, notoriously stuck on the last boss, and I and then couldn't keep playing it because the game got taken away from me because it was a somebody's game I was borrowing. Sure, and they they wanted it back. I honestly don't remember if I ever beat it or not, but I liked. I mean, I liked the giant sprite graphics and all that stuff that were on there. The last boss is really hard. Even with save states, it took me a bit. It just has like I think it has like three stages. And you have to go all the way back to the beginning if you die. Mm, yeah, that's that's never fun. I would think that I would that I would have beat it at that time because I at that time I wasn't buying a whole lot of games and I pretty much beat every game that I bought, you know, because I would get maybe once at one every 
two months or something like that because I didn't have any money in 2004. So I would guess that I probably beat it, but it's been you know almost 20 years since then. All right, I've just renumbered my list and it's at number 12. Okay, so we're we're all about the same on that one. It's pretty. It's about yeah. It's like we're one. We're all one apart there. Like if we would have gone um, John or Jeremy, John, then me, they'd all be they'd be 13, 12, 11. So that's pretty. Yeah. Uh, so the average of us is 12 right now of that one. Yeah, Minish Cap. So I kind of said earlier I wasn't a huge fan of it. Uh, I think the big reason it was so low for me was that I didn't really like the the shrinking mechanic. Like I didn't think that was all that great, and it just seemed like they went out of their way to try to tack on stuff where you had to shrink just to remind you that it was in there. And I don't know, it just wasn't for me. But it was fun to play with save states. Save states made a, a world of difference because. I did want to see the story. I did want to experience the music and all the fun Zelda tropes. They're in there. So, yeah. Your best friend's a talking hat. Like, what, what more do you want from yeah. that? I mean, that's your that's your companion. You get to see the, that's, uh, the origin of the hat. I'll say that's before <laughs> before Cappy came along. Yeah. yeah. We need to see a, a buddy team-up comedy game or whatever. Have them be cops. The two hats. <laughs> yeah, Cappy and uh, and the Minish guy. You know what I'm kind of tired of uh, that I've noticed in Tears of the Kingdom is why does like why do so many Zelda games have to be like now this is the first game no 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 this is the first king no this is the first king no really this time this is the first king it's like who cares this is true like I feel like they've done that like six times in the Zelda series where it always has to be like no this has happened first no this happened first no wait no this happened first like why why do we have to be the first why does everything have to be the first like who cares really. Like, does it matter that fucking weird giraffe guy is, is the first king? Like, I feel like, uh, wasn't like the king from Wind Waker the first king also? Like, there's, I feel like there's been a bunch of other first no, kings. No, I don't think he was the first king. He was already like, yeah. there were a lot of kings before him. He is just, he was the king when Hyrule got decimated or whatever. Yeah. So that's why he was like frozen down there. But no, in the case of this, I do, in the case of Tears of the Kingdom, which I'm sure we'll talk about a bit more later, but yeah, it, they just... Once they published the Hyrule Historia, yeah, it seems like they've got it all kinda, that scenario. It, it ruined everything. Like, <laughs> let's just let's just keep making every next game a prequel to the other prequel to the other prequel the other prequel. No, this isn't the new. This isn't the oldest one. Now the oldest universe is the Zonai and the yeah. stuff they did. Yeah, it's like a, I mean, I just think of that because when Minish Cap came out, they were like, "Oh no, this is this is one of the first Zelda games." Minish Cap is yeah. one of the first, and then it was like, and then Twilight Princess is like, "No, wait, wait, we are the first Zelda game," and it's like. Who cares? Like I, I don't know. I never, I never thought that Hyrule Historia was cool at all. I thought it was stupid to begin with, and still don't care about it. It's not real. It was, it was, it was a retroactive. What? Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, John. I always, I always liked the idea that there was just a di- like, et, you know, just every whatever. Like a link shows up, a Zelda shows up, a Ganon shows up. That's all we need, and they're all different. Yep. That's fine. They don't need to. Everything doesn't need to connect. Like I, as long as they're all that. sexy, that's all that matters. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I want a thirst for each and every one of them. I don't need it. To, I don't need everything to. It's just like it's like does it, does everything have to be the first? Like does it have to be like? And I feel like I think Skyward Sword did the same thing where it's like it's old, but it's got technology and robots, and it's like uh, okay, there's a lot of similarities in that. But yeah, uh, the Minish Cap, the first first Zelda, <laughs> first <laughs> first Zelda, whatever. What's the next worst selling Zelda game? Then Minish Cap. I guess I forgot the opening part about how what Zelda means to us or whatever, but we can we don't have to do that, I guess, because we already have. I just wanted to mention that Zelda's probably a, the main reason that all of us got together as friends to begin with, you know, that started talking. I remember when I first talked to John, John said, 
that your favorite game was Ocarina of Time, and I yep. I rarely talked to anybody who was so high on Ocarina of Time because you know a lot of people were into whatever else, PlayStation Two or PlayStation One or Final Fantasy Seven, whatever. I would lend that game out to people and like make them play it, and that's how I ended up losing my first copy of the game. Oh yeah, I lent out some games to people too, which was a bad idea. I think I lost my Mario Kart sixty four the first time in college, lending that out, and it never came back. Same with the uh, Pokemon Stadium, uh, or no, not Stadium, uh, Puzzle League. I lost Puzzle League too, and and uh, at, at a Christian college was where I lost all my video games. <laughs> I think someone borrowed that without asking, aka stole. Yeah, I think it just disappeared. But I, but I would, I, but I lent my games out pretty pretty often there, so it was really hard to keep track, like where where what was, you know. I should have just wrote my name on it like other people did. But yeah, Minish Cap is the least selling one. So the one that I put after that is actually two games, but I divided it in two because the number that I had was was just one full game. And that one's pretty that one's pretty easy to uh to guess. Uh that's Oracle of Ages slash Oracle of Seasons on Game Boy Color. Okay, so are we counting that as one? I'm counting it as two actually, because two. I okay. don't they're not the same to me because one of them I right. played and loved and one of them I did not play. Or I played a little same. bit, didn't like as much. Same. So exactly. That's why they're exactly different. Same. They're different on my list. They're in different spots. Those are two that I didn't play. I think I've, I think I tried it once. My old roommate had it, but I can't, I can't really say I played it. I don't even remember which one it was. Well, we, uh, I think Jeremy and I, we like played it. Didn't we play it at the same time? And then we traded. Yeah. We cartridges? literally yeah, did what we were supposed to do and traded it. You played ages, right? First. I did. And I played, I played ages and, and I actually finished Ages. Yeah, I finished Seasons also, and then we traded. But then when I played the other one, I was just not feeling it. Maybe I same maybe way. I should have <laughs> waited a little while. Yeah, yeah, it was the same for me. Like I, I really love Seasons, and then Ages, I was just like, but this isn't, but this is different. Like I don't like, the, I like the Seasons better. Like it, it was, you know, it, yeah, maybe you should give it a minute between the two. I'd, I'd like to try to play them again when they come to Switch. And I bought them on, I have them on 3DS too. You know, whatever. Same. But yeah, uh, Oracle of Ages Seasons. Um, if anybody isn't familiar, you. Is, don't you use like an ocarina or some sort of musical thing to change what have you? you ch- I know you change the seasons or you change like old time and new time or whatever. For say at Oracle of Ages, you jump on a stump. Yeah, there's a stump in the other something. one too. Yeah, but you do yeah. something on the stump. I thought. <laughs> Can tell we know yeah, a lot I think about you play this. An, game. I think you play an instrument. Well, it's been a long time. Yeah, I mean, I think when I played this, this was like what, like 2002, something like that. Yeah. Around around Maybe. then it was I was at Columbia yeah. so and I went there to, it was 2002 so I, I would guess Maybe it's like 2002 or three yeah is yeah. what I would is what I would guess for that but I, I mean I thought they were I thought they were great games and uh, and I guess we should mention also like these ones that are at the end here they're actually not really Nintendo developed they were um yep Capcom Capcom, Capcom made those Capcom. games yeah we're the director of uh, of uh, here's the kingdom got to start on these games oh each uh, Awanuma no um Fujibayashi oh okay. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I still, I still thought they were both uh, pretty quirky, fun things. I mean, the the Game Boy Color ones, though, like o- Oracle of Ages and Seasons, it did like blow me away by how good it looked for like a Game Boy Color game. Like it had some really cool looking cutscenes with big sprites and all that stuff. I remember seeing that and being like, "Wow, that looks great!" You know, for a Game Boy game that came out in like two thousand three. Well, well you, you think, know? <laughs> and you think of like Link's Awakening being more like um, Link's Awakening, you know, was more like. Link to the Past than it was like the original Zelda. Likewise, this was probably had a little bit more in common with the Super Nintendo or the Nintendo 64 version than the, mm-hmm. than the other ones. And it, it, I remember it had like kind of RPG stuff to it too. Like you could get yeah. bracelets that would give you higher damage. and Or I had a bracelet that would give you like extra hearts or whatever. If you collect one heart, you'll get two. Like stuff like that, which was pretty cool. And I mean, so like the gimmicks were in, in Ages, there were, I think there was two 
epics, sort of like in Ocarina of Time. Mm. And uh, and then in seasons, it was all four seasons, so there was a bit, it was a little more complicated, I think. But maybe the puzzles were smaller. I don't know. Like I said, I didn't play it that much. What was the interactivity between the two games? There was a code you could use, right? There was kind of like yeah. a new game plus sort of thing, where you could where you got a yeah. code after you beat the game, and you could start the other one with like maybe like a couple more hearts or like some of your items or something like that. You carried something over, but I can't remember what it was. I thought it was like maybe your rupee level or, or like maybe like some of the equipable items, like stuff like that. But yeah, you got you got a big long big long ass code that you could put in at the beginning of the other one and give you a little. Give you a little up on the on the second one, you know. Give you a little advantage going into the game. So I uh, I have this one placed right under the Minish Cap. So this is at number twelve on my list. Is that ages or seasons? Uh, seasons. I have seasons at twelve, and I have ages at seventeen because, uh, like I said, I barely played it. Like I, it was just it wasn't seasons to me. So I kind of just like moved on well you're gonna find this interesting it's like i have oracle of ages at 12 because i like oracle of ages better fuck seasons but not really i actually kind of like seasons you know it's still a good game there's definitely some worse ones uh so i have seasons at 15 okay since i didn't play these games i just kind of paired them next any games that i that i didn't play i kind of paired next to it's like cousin game or whatever the closest game to it the dna wise so i put oracle at 16 and Excuse me, Oracle of Ages at 16 and Seasons at 15. Okay. So me and you both put Seasons at 15. So Jeremy, 15, Seasons I put at 12, and John put it at 15 also. All right, got to keep notes over here. Okay, it's only like it's only like five a five game difference between Seasons and Ages for me. And there's 18 total of all of them that I have down, so... Yep. So, so that's that one, Oracle of Ages and Seasons. It was pretty, it, you know, I thought it was pretty cool for Game Boy Color at the time, but I... I'm looking forward to try to play through it again, but it's, you know. I think we were just, it was really like more of the same as the Week's Awakening formula, like maybe a little more refined. And it was um, really well done by Capcom. I remember being super skeptical that Nintendo was having them do it, but they did a good job. I did like it better than Link's Awakening, though. <laughs> so, yeah. so there you go. Just because of, we'll get into it. Just the design of that game is, gives me a headache. Um, so yeah, that's that one. Uh, the next one. I'm sure this is one. I know one of us doesn't like this one. Uh, coming in at uh, the last one was at one point one point eight four million each. Uh, Minish Cap was one point seven six million. Uh, Spirit Tracks it comes in at just below three million at two point nine six million, and that was like towards kind of like the low end of DS, I think. And yeah, Spirit Tracks that's the next one, which I think was I think it's a little bit higher on my list, kind of. It was a pretty late release of the DS as well. Yeah. It was like yeah. two thousand nine, maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, th- I think I think it was at the at the towards the end of the life of the of the Nintendo DS. That's what I that's what I was late guessing. enough. It's actually one that I I bought it, but I didn't play it. So I have a copy. I've just never once put it in the DS and turned it on. I don't remember why. I think there must have been something that came out, maybe you know Mario Galaxy Two or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, and I, I never played it. But I I put it at uh, number nine. Uh, well, it came out in two thousand nine. So that would be after. Well, I guess Mario Galaxy Two came out in two thousand ten. So I mean, depending. Actually, it was the end of two thousand nine. So I guess they're kind okay. Of... Yeah, I don't know what what distracted me. Something distracted me because Galaxy came out. Yeah, it came out on my birthday that next year. I was, okay, birthday. I remember now. I, I I moved in January two thousand ten. So I guess it was a life thing. Okay. So my uh, it's it's funny actually 
it's funny to me, I guess, and hopefully the people who are listening to this. Uh, basically, all of these games are all right next to each other on my list. Like, all of these lowest-selling Zelda games are pretty much like boom, 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 boom. So Spirit Tracks is above Minish Cap by one by one point for me. So there you go. What is that? What number is that? Uh, that is number 10. So. Well, I hate to say this because I do believe, Trey, I think you're the one who purchased it for me as a gift. Oh, no, did I? I'm pretty sure you bought me Spirit Tracks as like a Christmas gift. Oh. And uh, it's dead last, number 18. Oh, no. Trains. Yeah, yeah. Fuck trains. Oh, trains are cool. Why didn't you give him another gift, Trey? I want a a suplex. I want a suplex Spirit Tracks like the Phantom Train. Oh, that, that I mean, we're gonna. <laughs> no, I I don't really hate it that much, but it's it's my least favorite Zelda game. I think I I think the way that the navigation works with the train, I think some people really like that, and I think that's I think it might just be the way my brain works. I have a really hard time wrapping my head around the train stuff, like how to do it, how to do it properly, because you do battles and stuff too while you're on the train tracks, and like I was just really bad at like planning out my routes and and everything, and um. Uh, I think people that are more like strat real time strategy stuff would probably like this game more. But I just think Spirit Tracks was a game that was just not made for me. Like I'm just not the demographic at all for that game, and I didn't like it that much at all. I own it, but I don't like it. Never beat it. The um that was actually well, we'll get into it, of course. But it, that's going to be I'm sure we're going to have flip flop on that one because uh the one <laughs> the game that came out before that involving one dungeon that you play 300 times. Uh, that one's much lower on my list than Spirit Tracks because that was the one that I kind of hated. So uh, we'll get to we'll get to that. But yeah, the other one that I, I, this for me this was kind of the episode two of Star Wars versus episode one, where I hated episode yeah. one, but episode two was a little bit better, so I liked it a lot. You know, because there was no Jake Lloyd in that version, so you know it was a uh, is that that sort of thing. And I and I, I like the train stuff. I like the fights in the trains, and and uh, Zelda was a ghost and got to a. Uh, Got to like in basically got to possess this this uh, ghost armor, which I actually found in Tears of the Kingdom, which is pretty cool. And that's, that's the nice, closest uh, you've had yeah. to Zelda being playable, other than uh, Smash. <laughs> I think that was I think that was something that was really unique about this game is that I thought that Zelda had like kind of probably the most to do like at the time, like and like was kind of yeah it was kind of a playable character. Like you had all this cool, interesting stuff with her being able to possess the armor and move the armor around and all that. But I felt like it, it kind of felt like a single-player co-op game, you know, but in a good way, like not like Resident Evil 5 or anything like that. You know, I feel so. like there's some misogynist person in Nintendo that was like, fine, Zelda can be playable, but we got to kill her first. Just like they were like, okay, Pete, Pete, Peach can have her own game, but she's going to cry all the time as a weapon. Yeah, but she's like a god in that game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I kind of like that game. I know it's like it looks... It does look pretty much misogynistic on, on the outside, but she is like totally a god, though. She can like move mountains and shit. Yeah, I, I like that game because I liked it a lot better than Phantom Hourglass because they got out, got rid of the repetition, and I and I it just it I liked it better. It, it was actually one of the last games that I bought for Wii U before the eShop died because I wanted to be able to play it on the TV because I love playing DS games on the Wii U. So that that was one of my final purchases before the death of the eShop on Wii U. So because I liked Spirit Tracks, and I think I ended up giving that away to my niece as well. What number did you have that at, John, for Spirit Tracks? Spirit Tracks, I had that at uh, b- 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 nine. Oh, okay, nine. All right, cool. That's pretty high ranking pretty high. for having never played it. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. I, that's why I just went with the strategy. Do you have like nine games that you haven't played on here? Have you haven't not, have you not played half of the Zelda Library? <laughs> no, I just decided to put the games next to their sort of spiritual cousins or whatever. So oh, okay. I, I, I don't have any reference for this game because I never played it. I, except I for, it's close to the other one. Oh, okay. Yep. 
All right. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought, I thought Spirit Tracks is a cool game, and I liked the, yeah, I really, I really liked the train stuff. I mean, I think, I think trains are cool. So <laughs> I like trains. Hey, uh, you know, John's dad likes trains. You said that once. True. I think trains are cool. So I was, I was in. I, was I in like that. trains, like, uh, I like trains, like riding trains. That's fun. Yeah, but trains, but not riding them in games. Just, never really, <laughs> yeah, I've never really done it for me. Not riding them in video. Games. And like my favorite moment in in a video game with a train, I already said it. It's when you suplex it. Final Fantasy VI. Well, yeah, I mean, suplexing anything is great. Well, a train, especially. All right. Maybe a, like a, like a grain silo would be cool too, but the train is like the ultimate. <laughs> on from there to uh the first handheld zelda game link's awakening coming in at uh 3.8 million sales for the game boy so is that specifically the game boy and game boy color versions i think it's counting all of them this is the one where i did a little math where i where they gave where wikipedia gave a number for for like the dx version and the game boy one and the remake so I looked up what the remake sales was and kind of just took it off of that. So that's where this number came from. 3.83 million, which I think is pretty good for the Game Boy, I guess. I don't know. I thought it was one of the highest selling Game Boy games. But, I mean, who knows how many kids had Game Boy games in 1990 or when I, I, I just thought the Game Boy had a higher install base. But yeah, right. Everybody who had a Game Boy that I knew had Link's Awakening. Sure. And I have, I've talked so about it, it before. Hard. I talked about it before on the show how I got Link's Awakening in, like, england and on that whatever mm-hmm. and thankfully it was region free so i could because i didn't understand cool. i didn't understand what region free was if i would have bought a game and it didn't work on my game Boy, i would have been pretty pissed because you know we were a bunch of kids on a bus like there was no way i was going to be able to go back and exchange it or anything you know as far as i know the only difference is that instead of rupees it's pounds yeah <laughs> i mean it's it's the same as far as i could tell and i never beat this one because i got stuck in a dungeon that i just completely got lost in i thought it was like a you know a marvel at the time for like making something look so good in the game boy but i still to this day i just i hate the way the overall world is designed where like nothing is connected the way you feel it needs to be connected and so much of it is like trading and like I, you know, I, I just, even trying to play the remake, it's like, I don't like a game where I have to constantly be looking up what the next thing is because I have no fucking clue how to, you know, how to find Pam to exchange the shoe for the crocodile tongue or whatever the fuck you have to do in this game to get to, like, Dungeon 4 or whatever. You know, it's very, I don't know. I don't like it. I understand that they did some of it because of the, you know, because of the limitations of the Game Boy, but I just, I hated the way the overworld was designed so much because it's... I think it's, I think it's padding and at the time... People didn't know that it was yeah, padding sure. because they were just overwhelmed by how much shit that was crammed into this cart and how much it felt like the Super Nintendo game. And they were like, what, what? 
the Game Boy is supposed to be worse than the NES, but here we are playing a better game than the NES ever had on it. You may think it feel it's like the Super Nintendo one because it looks like it, but it's definitely not as fun to play as the Super Nintendo one. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> At least in my opinion, <laughs> the Super Nintendo one was and fun and the Game Boy wasn't. Guess what this game introduced that I use all the time in Tears of the Kingdom? The uh, bomb arrows. I do love the bomb arrows. Yeah, that was actually the coolest thing from that game is that uh, I figured out that you press A and B at the same time and you can shoot a bomb arrow bomb arrow so much easier than the controls of tears of the kingdom too so i'll give it that <laughs> you know <laughs> definitely i did like the bomb arrow thing and I, I understand the weirdness of it and the twin peaksiness and all that i just didn't like the way that overall was designed it just same with you and trains like you're saying earlier jeremy it's just it just kind of broke my brain the way it was made i just could not you know i, I want something that feels more like natural where i can go right and go to the next you know, yep. screen instead of having to go like left and up and then around and, and down in a thing and then come up way on the right and then come back. to It's like, why? Like, just let me just yeah. go right. Like, there is no yeah. kind of fast travel or anything in this version. So you really, I think there's some, warps. Get somewhere. I think there are there? some, there's some warps that you get later. That's right. I think you do get the Ocarina as well. They take you to specific areas, areas. but it's yeah, not yeah. really, it, it's still kind of cumbersome to play. I think I like that the game leaned into the cutesy, approach i think with the limitations of the game boy you know they kind of uh, decided to, to make this game feel like almost almost like the the zelda that your little brother could play you know what i mean mm-hmm. but but i think that that it 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 just it has a charm to it that is something distinct from the other games that came before it and other games have other zelda games since then have have gone that route and gone for the more cutesy kind of charming thing like uh, you know, Wind Waker, I think, you know, would be different if this game hadn't come before it, and uh, I, I I like it for that reason that it, it's kind of like its own little little fairy tale Zelda that you can put in your pocket. I made a I made like a group just because I like to make groups on Switch. I made a group of games to play whenever I'm done with Tears of the Kingdom, and uh, I put Link's Awakening remake on there because I never beat it, and Tears of the Kingdom's lack of traditional Zelda things makes me uh want to play a traditional zelda game so i think i'm going to go back and try to get through the remake after whenever i get tired uh, you of were uh, of you were gifted it. that by friend of the show jesse right i wasn't gifted it i bought it but john you got you got it from otis i right? got it from otis yeah, yeah. You gave it to me for my birthday yeah. Thank you, oh, okay yeah wait what am i never mind i'm thinking of a different game sorry i got i got super monkey ball 2 from jesse one time okay i remember that because I because I mentioned it on a pod on on this on the expansion pack because I mentioned that I'd lost it so he sent it to me for my birthday, which is nice. But I have it at, like I said before, all these games are all right next to each other. Uh, I have Link's Awakening Game Boy on thirteen, just below Oracle of Seasons. So so you've seen my ten through thirteen so far, on here and seventeen. Speaking of ten through thirteen, I love it so much I put it no. Uh, Link's Awakening is number 10 on my list. Yeah. I, I did actually finish it on um I did actually finish it on the Game Boy. I played I played all the way through the original version, so I would say that, you know, it's important to me for that reason that it's a, it's a game I finished on the Game Boy. Uh I, I very distinctly remember the first time I, I I played it. I was on the bus on the way to a, a you know, on a field trip. It was either 4th or 5th grade, but my friend Ryan had his Game Boy with him and somebody else had a game gear and like i played a little bit of game gear and i was like this is cool but then they like wanted it back or whatever and i was like that's fine i was kind of bored and then uh my friend let me play his game boy i'm like well i've played game boy before but whatever let's see and he had i had never played mar uh six gold coins before so that's the first time mm-hmm. i played that 
And when I booted up Zelda, I was just like, what the heck? I was so blown away by how much it felt like I was playing Link to the Past. Like, you know, I'm a single digit kid, you know, like that was incredible to me and and, and, and so impressive. And I remember just thinking about it all the time because I couldn't play it. I didn't get to actually play through it until many years later. But uh, it's something I just always thought about. I was like, I want to play through that Zelda game on the Game Boy. It was so fun. I remember just that short little bit of time I got with it. It, it felt like a Super Nintendo game. It was so cool. So I think like, yeah, I've got maybe a bit rose colored glasses. But yeah, I definitely I think I think it's earned its spot as number 10 on my list. So Link's Awakening, when the original one and there's the DX version as well, you know, as we said. But I think the one extra temple. So the original one is nineteen ninety three, right? Um yeah, yeah. August sixth, nineteen ninety three for the first one. And uh keep in mind, like, you know, when I bought it in Europe, I didn't buy it until like nineteen ninety seven. So I had uh <laughs> it took me a very long time to get it. And I think I just got it just because I happened to see it when we were in when we were in Europe, when we were in England, uh and it was like uh, I was like, oh, I should get that, you know, just to I was definitely just to, have, just to play it or whatever. So I was like seventeen when I got it. <laughs> so it was like you know, much much later. And I got a Game Boy when like when it came out when I was like ten, and I went through all of these years of my Game Boy never never getting it. And actually, my friend my friend Curtis, I remember he showed it to me, and we played it a little bit on Game Boy, on Super Game Boy, because I had just played A Link to the Past, which I had borrowed from my friend Brandon. Which I loved, like absolutely loved that game. He's a nice guy. Oh, the game. And uh, and Brandon and uh, not Brandon. Uh, and then Curtis showed me a Link's Awakening, and I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck is this shit, man? This is, this isn't a Link to the Past. This looks like shit. So that was kind of my. Uh, I was the complete opposite of Jeremy on that. I was like, this game looks like garbage, man. Like it's not. It lo- I mean, I was playing it on the Super Game Boy, but I was like, it's like it doesn't have a hook shot. It's like a switch hook thing. Like and and the running doesn't look right. Like this is stupid. So that was my first opinion on, on Link's Awakening when I saw it on a TV through the Super Game Boy. I mean, I didn't say it out loud. I was just kind of like, I was thinking like, I was like, you know, this game look, kind of looks like trash. This is another one that I played first on the on the 3DS Ambassador program. And and I'd always kind of wondered about it, especially after, you know, I, I didn't really get into Zelda until Ocarina of Time. And then after that, I was like, well, what else, what else did I miss? What other Zelda games should I play? And just, it was so intriguing to me to have a, a proper uh Zelda on the Game Boy. So I finally played it around, uh, what would that have been, of 2010 or so. And then, uh, yeah, I put it at my number 14. Okay. 14. All right. 14. And that is, yes, that was Link's Awakening Game Boy. So the next one, this one might be kind of controversial too, or whatever, have different opinions on it. I'm sure we're going to have on this one. Coming in at 4.28 million sales is A Link Between Worlds on 3DS, which that one might be pretty high on my list because I like that game a lot. Um, it was, uh, yeah, A Link Between Worlds. That was that kind of came out towards the end of 3DS, right? Or was it? I remember I had... No. I, I remember I... No, it wasn't towards... Well, it wasn't at the beginning. Was, I would say it was right in the middle. Yeah, it was life, in the middle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess because the end of 3DS is like now. <laughs> you know, but... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I mean, Jess and I were dating at the time which was cool like we got it together and we played it together you know and and i had a great i had a great time with it like uh i was a he like i said before i was a huge fan of a link to the past so i was just thought it was cool to see a sequel to something that was so you know that was so like uh beloved to me and i love the like uh i love the mechanics in it oh and don't forget that this game had to walk before breath of the wild could ever run right because 
This was when they first started doing let's give you all the items before the dungeons and let you do anything in whatever order you want to do. Because that's where they, yep. they started it with this game. Even though there was a whole thing you had to kind of rent it and then you had to like, you know, whatever. Like that was kind of stupid. But this was the very beginning of that, of what you saw in Breath of the Wild later. Like it all kind of started here. And also, don't forget that this is also like the nail in the coffin for traditional Zelda uh, dungeons. <laughs> it was because this was the last one we saw of that before Breath of the Wild as well. So there's another right. uh, huge positive towards that game. We and, and, by, and by classic dungeon, I mean like, you know, like a compass, like map, uh, boss yeah. key, like that sort of thing. Like, the you know, and we're all, all of them kind of have a gimmick. Granted, this one gave you all the weapons before, so you wouldn't necessarily get a weapon in the dungeon, but still it had that like feel of the original ones. And then there was like, there was high rule and low rule, and there was the ability to like turn into a wall where you became the stained glass link, which I thought was really, really cool as well. That was and, really cool. And that was, yeah, I just, uh, it was, yeah, I love the game. It was so weird to me. This is probably the first, it has to be like the only Zelda game where you meet another, where, where two links yeah. meet each other, right? Yeah. It's like, shouldn't their like heads explode that or was something like, like Back yeah. to the Future or something like that? If you see yourself like in the past, you will die or whatever. Let's not forget the one that you meet <laughs> is super talkative. The we old Link, hear, yeah. Like, talk a lot. Yeah, and he like stands on his head too or something. Like he's like older but yeah. still agile or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that that was that. But yeah, no, I I loved I loved it. It was yeah, I thought I had a I had a great time with it. I loved I loved the three D, I loved I love the effects, I love the soundtrack. It was uh yeah, it was um I actually remember ordering that, you know, I think that that's definitely the first Zelda I downloaded because I could play it right away on the you know, like I didn't go buy it. So I was like, No, I gotta play this. I'm gonna download it on my Yes, which I had by then. I think I got it digitally too, because I can still play it. I mean, I don't, I don't know where. I mean, I didn't lose it, but no, I, I, I didn't get it physical because yeah, I think I got it so I could play it automatically. But that was like, yeah, that was probably one of the first games that that Jess and I like shared. You know, we had like two different profiles, and we just would you know swap the 3ds and all that. We both played. Was that we before both or after we started it. the podcast when it came out? A link between worlds. Was I that 2014? I think it was before. Okay. Yeah, I would. I'm. I'm guessing that it was before, uh, 20, 2013, 2013 yeah. yeah. And we started okay. in 2015, end of 2015. So yep. just a couple couple years before. But yeah, I, re- I really enjoyed that one. So I put it at dun 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 number five. Wow. In the t- in the top five. But because well, of, because of those things that I said that then because of the uh, innovation that brought to, that went to Breath of the Wild later and the last hurrah of, of traditional Zelda dungeons and it was fucking fun as hell to play. So I remember being very blown away by this game. It was amazing. It's fun. Um, but I've never wanted to go back to it. Like, never been, like, nostalgic for it or, like, that was a good game. I want to play it again. Like, I have a lot of the other Zelda games. And I think a big reason for that is I really feel like it was a... Obviously, it was supposed to be a sequel to A Link to the Past, but it felt like a spiritual remake of it almost because things were located in similar locations in the overworld. If you had played Link to the Past as much as I played it, it almost felt like reused assets. I know it wasn't, but just some of it, some parts of it just kind of underwhelmed me because maybe they wanted you to figure it out. But if you had played Link to the Past, you could figure it out. Yeah, I mean, it kind of it kind of reminds me a little bit of a little game called Tears of the Kingdom. (laughs) You know, Uh, reusing the same map over again between two games with new with new abilities and whatnot. You know. That's true. In that way, I mean, um, by that rationale, they're kind of the same. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's a fair point. Um, but just going by how I felt about it, I played all the way through it. I beat it. I liked it. But at the end of it, it was like, okay, I did that. I just it, it 
I liked the game. I just didn't really, I don't know. It's just not up there for me. So it's number 11. Oh, yeah. I never played it. So I put it at number 11 as well. Okay. I thought maybe, yeah, I thought maybe uh, that you might have missed that one, John, because I think it came out after you sold your 3DS or lost your 3DS or whatever happened, however you were parted with your 3DS, Mm -hmm. which is a shame. You need to be reunited with the 3DS at some point in the future. If you ever make it to Midwest Gaming Classic, we'll have to like make that a make that a mission or Probably. something to reunite you with a with a 3ds. Hold on, the original, the launch black one, just like I had. Oh yeah, not even the new one with the extra joystick. I think I'd like to just have the the one that I actually got rid of. Oh, okay, I, I thought maybe you wanted the 2ds XL or something like the nice, the new, the newest one that came out before the end. You know? No, I'm not on board with the 2ds. Yeah, I mean it does like take away the 3dness, and I think if you would want to return to 3ds you'd want to have you want at least have that as an option you know to be able to turn it on i want an actual 2ds and i wish i'd bought one when they like went on sale because they're so dumb i want to own one i hear they're i mean people like them i'm not talking about the i'm not talking about the 2ds xl i'm talking about the fucking doorstop oh the doorstop (laughs) you could buy those i want i want a doorstop you could buy those for like 40 dollars at one point because like nobody wanted them they were so cheap because they're so stupid because they look like giant play school kids toys you know <laughs> that's what they were intended for yeah they're so stupid <laughs> like I, I, yeah I, I know I, I wish i had one yeah so bad. they're so incredibly stupid i wouldn't like, play yeah. it i would just have it up on a shelf yeah for just people to look at and be put like, it what the fuck's that put it next to your uh virtual boy just to remember that you got a really dumb nintendo system another hey, come one. on now virtual boy is awesome sure i mean the 3ds at least it had its own unique library I mean, the 3DS in itself has great games, but this is just a really weird way to play it. Like, no clamshell even? Like, what the It was fuck? for kids. <laughs> I know, it's so stupid, though. I couldn't, I, I really thought about doing it when it was on sale, but I couldn't bring myself to do it, because like I said, I think it looks stupid. <laughs> it looks like a giant play school kids too. toy, and I just can't do it. Maybe if I found it for 40 in the future. I, even then, I'm just like, I don't like this thing. <laughs> I don't like the way it looks. I think it looks stupid. <laughs> I do not like the cut of its jib. Yes. Its jib is uncut. It's not cut well or something. Uncut jibs on HBO. <laughs> nice. What's the jib of the next game? I liked I liked uncut gems uh, on that one. Next, the next one on the uh, list here, as far as sales go, kind of unexpected, but, well, I don't know. Who knows where we're at now? Coming in at 4.38 million copies is, I'm sure this one is all our favorite. That is Zelda 2 Adventures of Link on the Nintendo Entertainment System. <laughs> That's another but, one of those games that I feel like everybody who had an NES owned that game. I didn't. It's hard to... <laughs> I didn't have either of them. <laughs> Actually, I didn't have either of them. I didn't get the... Yeah, uh, the first one until way later, and I never got this one. I mean, I, ha- I have it's... them. I have them now. You know, I have them now because because yeah. they were given to me. You know, I mean, mine's over there. Tra- I tra- I traded you for this copy, Trey. I think I gave you. Oh yeah, because I had doubles of it. Had... Yeah, you gave me. Tetris. I had doubles. 
Didn't you give me Tetris or something? I think Tetris. Yeah. That's a good one to have, actually, though. The NES. Because I always played the Tengen one. Or I don't know. Regardless. But yeah, uh, <laughs> Legend of Zelda 2, Link's, Link's Adventure of Link. Um, 4.38 million. Um, yeah. Never had this game. Another one where Zelda starts out dead, kind of. Yeah. This one is... I mean, you can guess where this one is on my list. It's, it, it would probably take you like one guess to figure where do you think it is probably the same as mine dead last dead last yeah same for me it's at the end of the list you put it dead last yeah i did dead last. wow that that's harsh y'all it's my I least it's, it's it's my least favorite mine's probably mine's least played to too of any of the zelda games i i've barely played this game like really i yeah. played it maybe for an hour when it was on the game gamecube collection disc or whatever but I don't, I don't, I don't like this game very much. It's it, you die a lot. It's not fun to me. Like, I don't know. It just did not. Honestly, like this was probably one of the reasons that it took me forever to get into Zelda because I didn't like the game. Like when my friends were playing it and talking about the down, the down stab or whatever, I'm like, this game's fucking stupid, man. I'm like, have you played Batman? That game's way better. <laughs> I don't know. When I, I I've talked about when I was younger and like pretty much the NES games that I played were licensed games. So, you know, I played like Terminator and and Batman and Turtles and stuff like that, you know. Those are my jams. But it is one of the most interesting Zelda games just because it's like the, there was no formula for Zelda yet. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't count to three yet, so there was no formula. That, and they just like, like, let's try doing it this way. And I don't know what the what the monologue internal discussions at Nintendo uh, were at the time, but were they like, uh-oh, I don't know, people don't like this. Let's go back to something more like the original. And then... You know, links to the past really set the tone for the rest of the the series. Um, yeah, it would be interesting to see. Like, what if? How about a what if sequel? Maybe maybe some indie developer or something can make you know a spiritual sequel or something to to Adventure of Link. You know, what if this like, Zelda this continued was, down this path? I would love to see like a like a Grezzo uh, remake or something like Grezzo with the with same people who did uh, Link's Awakening. Like, I would love to see. Do you remember somebody get their you know kind of mm-hmm. like a Metroid Two remake? You know, like that sort of thing, like with Zelda Two, and try to make it a little more sure. playable and add some. Do you remember? In there. It was a couple years ago. There is a. I think it was when during the Giga Leak, the Nintendo Leak, we found out they were trying to make a Zelda Two remake. With the Super FX chip. Oh, that would remember been fun. that on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, do you remember that? Oh, it was. Uh, I must have missed that. Be... I vaguely remember it. Now that you mentioned it, yeah, yeah. There was like a little bit of video footage, and it was just like this most super crude, you know, uh, poly- polygonal model of Link, but he was doing like the downstab and stuff. You know, like it was kind of like they were able. Yes. To okay. Now, Link, but yeah, it was I remember in that. the Super FX engine, and it was super, you know, early in production or whatever they had. I think it was even just, if I remember correctly, it might have even been a proof of concept that only like a couple of people worked on. I would, I would like them to, I mean, you know, no pun intended, but I'd like to see them take a stab at uh, Legend of Zelda 2 again. And I mean, it, you know, try to modernize it, like add some like quality of life shit in there. I'll totally play it. You know, I'll give it a try. I tried it on the GameCube one. I just, I don't know, I really couldn't get into it because I just I will couldn't say, get very far, you know, even with, with save, save states. states. Yeah. You got with a lot. Save yeah. states, it's not so bad, especially now that we can do the rewind. Um, not on the. I don't think the rewind features on the NES Classic. They introduced on the Super NES Classic, but you can do the rewind feature on uh, the NSO. NES Online. Yeah, yeah. So with those two features combined, because save states could really fuck you. I knew that going all the way back to Net- Nesticle and all that. Those mm-hmm. emulators. Oh yeah. Like, um, if you treat it like an RPG, it helps a lot. 
I mean, it is, it is an RPG. <laughs> this is the actual is, Zelda but you RPG. Can literally, yeah. You can literally grind, and it makes it a lot easier. You can just keep doing And it's not fun unless you like grinding, but you can do that, and you can elevate yourself a lot before you even go to the first dungeon. Then all of a sudden, you'll just be like, oh, shit, this is easy. And it can be pretty easy up until a little later in the game, no matter how prepped up you are you got these like bottomless pits and stuff that are hard because the the knockback damage is the ultimate reason this game sucks i think mm. the knockback damage with the and the invisible enemies and the pits that yes. are strategically placed kaiju style to fuck you up mm. and then there was there is actually uh like a special or not ver- kaiju kaizu sorry <laughs> yeah. i was like yeah uh, godzilla's uh <laughs> on on the on the Nintendo Switch Online, there is like a special version where you where they start you off with like full like like full levels and all that. So there was like they did add I forget what those are called like the starred you know the ones where it where to like start uh, they're you just like special yeah just special I think it's just a special but there is one for Zelda two where it starts you like with everything like completely maxed out so you can just like try to th- go through the game without grinding at all which is pretty cool. I've never really messed around with that but I know that it exists on the Nintendo Switch Online. So if anybody wants to play the game without grinding you know you can just start off like completely full so i want to say before i say i i, I did say my number you might have heard it did you? 17 17 oh so, so you're one before dead last that yeah that was kind of my joke i was like guys that's really harsh i thought you, you had know, number five 17 <laughs> my first zelda game i ever played was this one and uh we got it with a huge collection of games when we first like kind of got our nes well we only had a couple games but then my parents bought like a whole bunch of games off somebody that they worked with who had just got a super nintendo and was like selling off all their nes games to kind of compensate for it the you know what they had spent and so they were buying games off them for like three to five dollars a piece i think and so this was one of them and my brother and i actually played a lot of it before my dad eventually was like i kind of want to try that my dad got hooked on it and suddenly we couldn't touch it anymore like we couldn't touch the game because we might mess up the save file, which it erased on it multiple times. And he would get so upset. And I had some of the most upset I've ever seen my dad, honestly, in my life was because of Zelda 2 and like the, the bullshit that happened with the, the cart erasing itself and stuff. Of course, at the time, we didn't know you could open it up and replace the battery. And that probably would have fixed the problem. But just the walkiness of NES games in general, just kind of assumed the cart was fucked, which it was. So he did eventually beat it. But he had to restart the game at least three or four times after getting really far into it. In fact, the second to last time, he was on the last level, the last dungeon, in a race. He had to go all the way back. He did it, and he beat it finally eventually, and he swore off video games after that. Like He's played a little <laughs> bit of Tetris and a little bit of... Uh, he liked Street Fighter 2. That's a good game. one that he actually played a lot of, and I think he actually played through... Uh, now that I think about it, he played through Link to, to the Past, so... I guess he didn't completely swear off video games, but that's the last time I've really seen him like obsess over a game and like have to finish it, you know? And so uh, for me, like, it's just kind of like, not only do is the game so hard and I don't enjoy playing it much, but also like just thinking of like seeing my dad so upset, it just made an impression on me. Like the game really like hits me in a bad way yeah. and more than just it being a bad game. I'm like this game, like, like I almost, I, I swear to God, I almost saw my dad like, crying angry tears over this game wow. and i was kind of scared to be honest just, i don't like seeing my dad like that as a kid like that makes him a scary guy when he's like that angry i mean was he he, he wasn't like violent about it or anything no right? no, like, no 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 like breaking he controllers just, or anything like that no not like that at all it was just i don't know as a kid that's a, that's and maybe that's more like because of 
my dad's like how he is or whatever but like you know i never see my dad really upset like he was always really right. good at hiding that for the kids so when you see that as a kid that can be very impactful if it's like especially like something i love video games and that's making right. my dad upset yeah yeah that that made an impression on me to where like zelda 2 just kind of had a bad they remade it yeah. and did some cool stuff with it like it's just got these associations like deep in yeah. my psyche mm. great parents always have a steady hand but then yeah all along comes a video game like Zelda 2 to unsettle you, <laughs> you see to side of your parents that you've never seen before. To completely drive exactly you insane. It. Yeah. And I mean, I for the listeners, and I've mentioned it before, my dad's like, in the grand scheme of things, not a whole lot older than me. So, you know, he was, he was when he was playing this, he was probably in his early 20s. So, you know, he was, he was experiencing what we did with shitty games in our early 20s. I, I would think that uh, any sort of whatever any darkness that you had would would be pulled out from uh, legend of zelda 2 that that game can break you so definitely break broke me in a way that i was just like yeah i'm good i don't need to play this game anymore <laughs> you know that's kind of how i was i was just very much like i really i, li- so, I think so i legitimately hate spirit tracks more still than- <laughs> i know somehow you still like you hated the trains more than that i thought spirit tracks was, was such a nice was such a nice uh, uplifting game compared to, to link's awakening but uh I guess this will. Speaking of spirit tracks, moving on from Link's Awakening to another game that uh, made me very upset, uh, coming in at four point seven six million in sales, is Phantom Hourglass on Nintendo DS. <laughs> the uh, yeah, where I'm like I'm the flip flop between that and Spirit Tracks because I kind of hated that game because uh, <laughs> just because of the amount of repetition that was in there and how you had to do the same dungeon over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again. And I, I guess, I mean, it. they still did it with Spirit Tracks, but I wasn't a huge fan of, uh, like, all control on the touchscreen also. Like, tap a place to other walk Other than, there. like, um, I think it was the L button was used, but otherwise, like, I think you might have used a D-pad for, like, yeah. menu controls, and then L was, like, your lock-on button, or it was something to do with, like, yeah, maybe going like with the boomerang and stuff. Because um, yeah, because you could draw like where the boomerang would yeah. go and stuff like that. And it was, you know, it was. That's I like I like the way it looked. It. What, what I think what really depressed me about this game is, uh, we'll talk about it later, of course. But there was this game called Wind Waker that you know some people might have feelings about. And the way that Wind Waker l- ends is with Zelda and Link getting on a boat, being like, "Let's go and find the new Hyrule," and then they go off to sea. And I'm like, "This is going to be an amazing sequel." And then we got Phantom Hourglass, and that was that sequel. And I was like, man, that sucked. I was like, I wish that they would just do that again and just make it better and make it like a Switch game with good graphics and, and not a touchscreen only controls. You know, it, it was a big disappointment for me. I, I wanted that, that Wind Waker sequel to be better than what I got with Phantom Hourglass. So, what year did Phantom Hourglass come out? Was it before the iPhone? Actually, speaking of trains, I did beat Phantom Hourglass on, a, tra- on a train. So, there you go. I did. I did beat it while I was traveling to Chicago from somewhere. I don't remember where, but I do remember that I beat it on a train. So that my glass was twenty oh seven. I think that was uh, before the iPhone. That came out in the fall. I remember I got my iPhone in. Yeah, I'll say the, the iPhone was June 29th, two thousand seven. Phantom Hourglass okay. was October. June twenty third. Four oh, days wow. before October. That is Japan. It's June twenty third. North America is October first. So oh, it no, came okay, out okay. after. Yeah, the no, iPhone this is so it did come out after the iPhone for us. Yeah. But I don't think I ever but got. I don't think I ever got worth, an iPhone until like 2011. The iPhone, the iPhone didn't have games on it at first. That was later, right? I think Nintendo figured out a lot of what would be the future of touchscreen video games yep. in Phantom Hourglass. I think this was actually a pretty 
important game from a tech standpoint mm-hmm. uh, and a, well an uh interface standpoint too which aligns with tech but i think this game it's just another example of Nintendo being a pioneer of what would right. explode just a few years later with all touch-based mobile games where basically all anyone was playing for a while. So some people that's still all they play. Sure. I mean it was yeah, it was a touchstone. I just I just didn't like the the, the stuff you did in it. I just think it's fair to mention <laughs> that just to put it in context. Oh, sure, yeah. Um uh, in the time when the DS came out, it was the first touchscreen device. I mean well not really, but like I'd say the first like really commercial device. Because yeah, there's yeah, like definitely the was. Pilot, I mean, there was there was the Palm Pilot. Like, it was, yeah, it was the first one with back, some real back in the 80s, behind it. Yeah, exactly. But even back in the 80s, you were like touch screens on the Apple IIe's that like had the little dots on them, you know, and they were capacitive as well, or they weren't capacitive; they were uh, resistive, which is what the DS is as well, mm-hmm. and the 3DS as well. But um, they still managed to really make a very good game out of that. I, I don't know. I and with just the one point of touch with the stylus, I was so turned off by the idea of that game when it, when I heard about it because I, I loved the DS and I owned one at that point, but I was at that point I was already like over the touchscreen because the touchscreens just seemed like a gimmick. And it it was for a lot of things. Why would you release the new fucking Zelda game all touchscreen? I was not happy because that's what they I, do. <laughs> but, but I really liked it. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, I liked it a lot. In fact, it's at my number number one. No, I'm just kidding. It's number nine. <laughs> oh, okay, uh, number eight. And for me. because yeah, I play this a lot of it. I played like around my family because I got it for Christmas or around Christmas for myself. I bought it, but um, like my family would be like hanging out, watching, kind of watching over my shoulder while I was playing it. I was like, you know, they'd already heard me cuss a bunch on the on a on another Zelda game, so I was able to let the swears fly while I played Phantom <laughs> Hourglass, which you got to do. On that bucket, whatever the hell it is, the uh, the Phantom Temple, or what is it? What is the central area called? I already forget. The place that you play through millions of times is a yeah. It's called like the yeah whatever the Phantom. Temple and it's the stealth. And it's stealth uh, because you can't kill those guys until the end. You can, and it's very satisfying. You eventually can. Um, but I I just I was blown away by a lot of things in this game. Like I really love the cartography element. That's not, that hasn't really been a thing in the other Zelda games. Like I liked that you could actually like there were certain places where you had to draw your map, otherwise you were gonna get lost. And I really liked that. And then there were some puzzles that were really creative with the DS that I just think I just remember one puzzle in particular blew my mind, and I'm so happy I figured it out on my own. But it was it was the one where you had to like close the DS and open it again, and then it would show you the answer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That, that was cool. Yeah, because you had to like it was so flip cool. It, it was like, like flipping it, it was and printing or something, right? Yeah, you literally had to like close it and open it again. And yeah, that's, that was like you stamped no it. It was like a stamp that. thing, or it, wasn't yeah. it a stamp? It was. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it was didn't something it. that was like in reverse, and then you printed it, and then that yeah. showed like the real map location. And I just that blew my mind at the time. And uh, yeah, there there was some really some really cool I think uh, that game, puzzle ideas. I think that game might have used the DS the best out of any you know use the novelty features of the ds so i think it used the microphone as well like wasn't right. there some sort of bellows or something if you, you, blew, used, you blowed i think you have to blow dust like blow, off something to, right could you blow mm. to like hit the sail or something yeah and you have to blow i think you do and I, you also have to blow like dust off stuff trees right about that i remember blowing dust off stuff i do think the one thing i did like is uh the water traversal was a little bit easier than wind waker that you just kind of just like draw where you're gonna go and then you're yeah you just draw your map the boat goes it was there. really fun because you could just like tap on the enemies and your cannon would shoot them yeah and you didn't ever have a cannon in uh wind waker so that was nice 
Yeah. I mean, um, it was, um, I have it at number 16, uh, below, well, I won't say what that one is, above Oracle's, Oracle of Aegis is where I have it. It's like in the last three of mine. It just, you know. Then, of course, I was also a fan of the continuation of Wind Waker because I like that game. And I just wanted you know, it to the not time be, it, it I, seemed, want, I wanted it to not be that game. I wanted it to be like another GameCube game or something. I didn't. At the time, it, it really that. seemed like a, uh, I don't know. It just seemed like a, a huge technical feat for the DS and. It just solidified my idea at the time that maybe I liked the DS more than the Game Boy Advance, which Uh-oh. didn't actually end up being the case. But yeah, listen to our at the time, episode. I was really onto the DS. Like the DS was just like the best system in the world to me at that time. It was a lot of fun. And Phantom Hourglass just proved that. It's, uh, speaking, you know, you were talking about like you know having something a game where you can c- control it completely with the touchscreen. I'm not completely against that because Star Fox Command is one of my favorite Star Fox games, and that's like 90% touchscreen controlled. But I love that game. But that game was basically a re. It was basically Star Fox Two remade, is what it was, you know. And I had never yeah. played Star Fox Two, and it was made by the people who made Star Fox One. That was why it was so good. But the reason I loved it was because of how good the writing was, and all the extra characters, and the multiple endings, and all the shit. Like I, I'd consider it one of the best Star Fox games ever made. So as far as touchscreen only, I love that game, and it's fun to play on Wii U too. You can play the whole thing on the on the with the pad held vertically and just. I think you just hit one button to shoot. That's all you do. Hit a button to shoot and everything. That's just touch, touch screen. And it works a lot better than you would think. But yeah, that's that's uh, Phantom Hourglass. And yeah, it was a uh, it was pretty big at the time. I just didn't I didn't really like a, a lot of the gameplay stuff in it. That's really what it boiled down to. Where are we at on the list as far as like the number of games we've gone through? Uh, well, according to my list, we have two games before we're at the halfway point. Okay. Okay. So that's fine. And, but one of them one of them we've already talked about. So we we don't have to talk about for that one for long, that long, and that is the next one coming in at six point zero eight million sales. Uh, that is Link's Awakening, the remake on Nintendo Switch. So yeah, we don't need to talk about it that much. We don't. Uh, we, we talked a lot about Link's Awakening on Game Boy. It, it's roughly the same. I mean, I love the way it looked. Like I like the design of it. It's a shame that it doesn't run that well on the Switch. It's kind of it's yeah. very framey. Like, and that was another thing that was kind of bothered a lot of people. And they never really fixed it either. They didn't really like try to nope. patch it or anything. So never really noticed any problems with it. I put it at number thirteen, just above uh, the, the original. Oh, okay. I put it above. I think I put it above the original one. Also, I nope. I put it below the original, actually. I put it one below the original. So I have it at 14 instead of uh, 13. I've got it way down there. I've got it at 16. I played all the way through it and I beat it because I like the game itself, the source material. But yeah, to me, it was like, I think that they leaned way too much into the the, uh, frame or the tilt shift uh, aesthetic of it. And that was really cool at first. But after a while, you're just kind of like, okay, this just feels like... You know, it's not fluff, but it's like a, a certain lens they put over it to make it look better than it is. And I know that's the whole idea. What do you mean by the tilt shift? Like yeah, where it would be like really... perspective. But no, the tilt shift specifically being that it was really blurry in the foreground and blurry in the background. Like the only spot that's like. Oh, yeah, the focus. camera trick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I never really, to I never me, really that's, noticed that. I, I did, it just it annoyed me, yeah. you know, after a while. And like I said, I played all the way through it. I really liked the graphics. I thought it was super cute. It looked like you were playing in a little with little toy box, like little wooden figures or whatever, you know, for a toy box. But, you know, when it all comes down to it, it wasn't new. Nothing about it was new. I guess they put a little bit of quality the, of there's life the stuff dungeon, in there. There's a dungeon maker sort of thing, kind of like its own, like oh, very yeah. small I forgot about Legend I of Zelda maker, which I barely played with, with Dampy. Yeah, but yeah there's that. that in there. Um, you know, it's. It's it's what it is. It's it's a remake of a game. Um, I think it was a, a cash grab. 
to stylize something and make it new for people. Good for you. A lot of people probably think it's super cute, but I just was over it pretty quick. Um, after I got done playing it, I was like, okay, well, I don't need to play all the way through Link's Awakening again anytime soon. That was probably in a manner speaking like a, you know, like the most polished experience I could have with it at this point, other than just going back to the original, which I think holds up and I would rather play that than this one. So yeah, that's why it's very, very low on my list. Where, where's it at again on your list? 16. 16. All right. And John, where's it at for you? Uh, it was number just above the original. Which is? 13. 13. Okay. So I think, uh, yeah. All right. So John, you have it at 13. I have it at 14. Jeremy has it at 16. It's kind of all, we're kind of all in the same spot here about. Hey. Hey, you. It's me, Mario. Yeah, you. Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast! Game over!